Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Legal Happenings from KRWC. This is a weekly public service program of the station, and we thank you for listening to us today. My name is John McCooley. I'm the volunteer guest host here on this program that tries to provide information on our court system to try to let you know some information on where to find various legal uh, information, for example. Maybe you're looking for court forms or you're looking for some court procedures or you've been called for jury duty and you'd like to know more about it. This is the station and the program that gives you the information where you can go. It's a privilege for me to be here and share knowledge with you that I picked up as a law librarian for Wright County and for Sherburne County some years ago. I am not out to pasture yet. I still am actively involved with work. And again, I take this opportunity to just share information with you that I think is helpful. When I was a kid coming up uh, in South Chicago, I actually grew up in Gary, Indiana, and left when I was 17 to join the Navy. Well, I never went back, but we do know that our court system was very complicated and seemed so far aloof uh, to go all the way up into Chicago to settle a matter uh, that we as a community seem to uh, settle our differences in different ways, uh, peaceful as best we could in the 1950s. Now, I'm obviously very old or uh, have had some experience with that, and it was a different world then than it is today. We have many more issues to be concerned with. One of them that comes up once in a while is the myth of moral justice. People will be talking about uh, they want to go to court and have the court hear a story their particular story, but it never really makes it to court. There's settlements, there's other ways, ADR, other possible ways of settling a matter without going to court. And so Thane Rosenblum is a former law professor, and he wrote the book called The Myth of Moral Justice, Why Our Legal System Fails to Do What's Right. It should be read by every law student in America, according to the New York Times, but basically it's... Uh, a way of trying to understand that the court systems work different than the way we think of settling matters. It might be that if I owe you money, if we share 50-50, I mean, what's fairer than that? Work out some fair arrangement. But it isn't always that way through our court system, and there are reasons for that. So uh, I invite you to look into that book if you'd like to learn more about the Myth of Moral Justice by Thane Rosenblum. It's on HarperCollins Publishing, and it was published back in 2002. It's an older book, but it's very helpful for some of us who want to understand how our system works and how we think it should work. It doesn't always work out the same. Well, coming up today on Legal Happenings, we have a couple of legal commentaries for you. One is... Uh, District Court Judge Greg Galler is going to be talking about the subject of police obligations at shootings. Obviously, this is a very important matter as we're into this in our news and the way our world events are going. And then a little bit later on, District Court Judge will be talking, uh, Stephen Halsey rather, will be talking about getting bailed out. And we chose that particular subject today because District Court Judge uh, Halsey did uh, write an article in the Citizen Tribune on June 13th here in the Clearwater, Monticello area. It's in your court. That's his uh, publication title. 
And why is that criminal out on bail? By District Court Judge Stephen Halsey. He talks about what bail is all about, how, how the system works, and that uh, no one can be held without bail. Well, as you know, and we're watching the news, there are some things happening in our country where people are held without bail. And it, maybe it's media hype, maybe it isn't, but District Court Judge Stephen Halsey here at Chambered in Buffalo will help us understand that particular issue. So this is Legal Happenings, a public service program of the station, as mentioned. I want to remind everybody to check out uh, ARP or the Federal Trade Commission for the latest uh, frauds, which happen to be concerned around COVID-19 and free testing. Uh, of course, it's not free to you because they're charging. But uh, if you contact the Center for Disease Control and or the Federal Trade Commission, you can get information on the latest uh, information on COVID, where you can find some free testing. And uh, also, I might point out, Florida has one area now that I guess is increasing considerably. And interesting to note that some 45% of those folks connected uh, to the Florida, in the state of Florida, have uh, COVID-19, and they have tested positive, and they're younger, 45% under 45 years old. It's uh, something that's still pretty dangerous out here. And as a senior citizen, I know that I do what I can do to try to keep you healthy by staying out of your way, and I, I do uh, hope that uh, all of you do stay healthy. But if you need information, contact the disease uh, Center for Disease Control directly. That way you can get information right from the source. The scams that come to you are those who are threatening you. You have to send in a check or give us information. That's not the way our system works. You can be uh, cautious enough to contact the particular agency directly, and then you know for sure what is happening. Well, let's take a short break and listen to District Court Judge Greg Galler, who's chambered in the Stillwater area, tell us a little bit about police shootings and how it affects us. This is Minnesota District Court Judge Greg Galler. Welcome to Legal Happenings on AM 1360 KRWC, radio for Wright County. A gunman entered a Florida high school and began shooting and killing students. Outside at least one, perhaps as many as four Sheriff's Department officers allegedly took cover rather than entering the building to confront the gunman. In the months leading up to the shooting, the FBI acknowledges that it received information about the gunman that should have prompted investigation, but that investigation never happened. A number of people have asked if the sheriff's officers or the FBI could successfully be sued for failing to act. The answer is clear, no. In order to be held civilly liable, a number of things must be proved. The most important, as it relates to these types of cases, is in proving that the person being sued breached a legal duty to the people who were harmed. Pursuant to long-standing legal precedent, this legal hurdle cannot be cleared. Law enforcement officers work for the government. They owe legal duties to the government, not to any member of the general public. While they have the legal authority to act, they do not have the legal obligation to do so. 
Law enforcement's lack of legal obligation to the public is most notably outlined in the 1981 federal case known as Warren v. District of Columbia. A more complete understanding of this tragic, disturbing, and horrendous case can be found on the Internet. Following clear legal precedent, the court dismissed a citizen lawsuit claiming that the police failed to provide protection, citing the well-established rule that police, quote, are under no general duty to provide public services, such as police protection, to any particular individual citizen, end quote. Accordingly, the sheriff's officers in Florida had no public legal duty to enter the school to attempt to stop the gunman, and the FBI had no public duty to investigate the alleged shooter. While many express outrage at these alleged failures, those failures will not expose the officers to civil liability. Plainly stated, the officers had no legal obligation to protect the children in the school, such as would subject them to civil liability. Now, it is true that the officers could be subject to discipline as it relates to their jobs. However, that discipline is internal to their own agency. It does not create a cause of action for those who are harmed. This further shows that any law enforcement officer owes a legal duty only to the level of government that employs them. FBI agents are obligated only to the federal government, sheriff's officers only to the county they work for, and city police only to their city. Regardless of these legal standards, many officers, perhaps most, and many private citizens too, would willingly and without hesitation enter a dangerous situation to attempt to help others. However, free citizens in a free society need to understand that the police have no legal obligation to protect you or to render you aid. Police work for and owe a legal duty to the government, not to any individual citizen. This has been Judge Greg Galler with Legal Happenings on AM 1360 KRWC Radio for Wright County. You're listening to Legal Happenings from KRWC this Sunday morning. Thanks for the company. If you have a question, comment, or concern, or perhaps would like to hear of a specific uh, commentary on a specific matter, I invite you to let us know at lawlibrarian at frontier.com. That's lawlibrarian at frontier.com. And we'd be more than happy to look into that and see if our courts would like to address a general uh, interest type legal issue as they have done with 150-some different commentaries over the last five years or so. So we do thank Judge Geller for today's commentary, Police Obligations at Shootings, and District Court Judge Stephen Halsey coming up in just a few minutes with regard to why is a criminal out on bail article and also uh, the issue that he wants to address today is getting bailed out. We'll hear that in just a few moments, but I want to remind everybody that if you have a legal question, you need to contact the Minnesota State Bar Association, who has the professional ability and the licensing to answer and give advice. We here on this program give legal information, but you can find the attorneys at the Minnesota State Bar Association very helpful, and they have a great website at helpdesk at mnbar.org helpdesk at mnbar.org. Check it out, and they will give you information that can help you on a specific issue. You can't go 
on things uh, on your own. This not in when it comes to law. You have to be active and involved in being able to communicate your issue to an attorney. And be aware, too, that if you're ever served with papers, you must move on it very quickly because it's a time-sensitive matter. The time's going to run out, and things have to be done by then. So you can find out more about information for a specific issue, again, at the Minnesota State Bar Association. If you will, do go to the right source and get the right answer, and uh, you'll be safe. Also, I want to call your attention to the Minnesota Judicial Branch website. They, of course, continue to monitor the most current statements and recommendations regarding the COVID-19 in our area, and they help direct and help uh, our court systems throughout our 87 counties get back into some sort of a new normal, if that's what you want to call it. The courts are, county courts are opening, reopening in a small and kind of a cautious manner by sometimes you have to call for appointments and uh, I think one of the best things to do is to contact the courthouse, court administration, specifically in your county for the information you might want. I'm sure they can be helpful. But you can gather the most important overview of, say, you're a jury hearing or maybe you want to learn more about a case or something of that matter. Do go to the Minnesota Judicial Branch website, the premier legal website for self-help in Minnesota. And you can find them at mncourts.gov, mncourts.gov. And there they'll explain different areas of uh, contacts. Uh, for example, if uh, you're looking to do some ADR or maybe you have a case pending, they'll give you the outline. And then, of course, you can specifically refer that to the county in which you live. It's uh, different nowadays. Of course, you have to keep your social distance, and uh, I believe that uh, masks are required, and there uh, is a, a whole different way of doing things. I do think, the, yeah, I've heard that the licensing for our driver's license is open, but again, it has rules and regulations we've got to check out, so you might like to call them in advance. One place you could always feel comfortable calling, too, is calling the Ray County Law Library, uh, Joe and Colleen over there have always been helpful, and the law librarians are working closely with court administration, and they give you at least more specific information on a legal question or legal information that can help you get to your uh, legal question. Their number is seven six three six eight two seven five nine two. Let's take a break and listen to District Court Judge. Stephen Halsey, who has been instrumental in putting these legal commentaries together for a number of years, and also writes articles in the uh, various papers, one of them, the uh, Citizen Tribune, that's, I happen to find it in the Clearwater area. There's an article by the district court judge, uh, June 13th, and it's, in your court, why that criminal is out on bail? Why is that criminal out on bail? Good question. Let's listen to District Court Judge Halsey explain. Welcome to Legal Happenings here on KRWC Radio. I'm Judge Steve Halsey, 10th Judicial District Judge uh, chambered in Buffalo. I'm going to talk today about getting bailed out. Let's assume you are sitting at home when there is a knock at the door. You answer and are faced with a police officer holding an arrest warrant. As you are being driven to jail, you recall from watching Law & Order 
that you are presumed to be innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. But you end up spending six months in jail before your trial, even though you haven't been proven guilty. That's what would happen if you were held without bail. Bail is a sum of money or a bond which you deposit with the court to secure your release from jail pending trial on the charge. Bail for a criminal defendant is an issue that is often the center of public media attention following a murder or other serious crime. Criticism of the courts may be magnified when a defendant has earlier been released on another matter, either by posting bail or being released without bail. The media often asks, why wasn't that criminal held without bail? The answer is pretty simple, really. The United States Constitution and Minnesota Constitution both provide citizens with protections from heavy-handed government, one of which is that all citizens accused of a crime are entitled to bail regardless of the seriousness of the crime. No one can be held without bail. Minnesota law provides that the most important consideration for the judge in setting bail is whether the defendant will likely make all court appearances if bail is not required. Here is a quote from uh, retired Hennepin County District Court Judge Jack Nordby from 1996. Quote, Bail is not a tool of law enforcement. It is not a form of punishment. It is not a priv privilege of the wealthy or the well-behaved. Bail is a right, an absolute constitutional right, upon which the free exercise of all other constitutional rights largely depends. End of quote. Lesser crimes, such as misdemeanors or traffic charges, including DWI, usually involve no requirement of bail for pretrial release. Defendants charged with gross misdemeanor DWI or felony DWI generally must post bail of $12,000 or more or be placed on an electronic home monitor for alcohol use. Felony charges usually re result in a brief bail study being conducted by court services staff which evaluates the defendant's criminal history, prior failures to appear, and the seriousness of the crime. A recommendation is made to the presiding judge as to the amount of bail and other release conditions. Depending on the crime charged, release conditions may include restrictions such as that the defendant have no use or, of alcohol or drugs, submit to random drug testing, have no contact with the victim, have no unsupervised contact with children, or not leave the state without approval of the court. Violation of these, of these conditions will result in arrest, detention in jail, and may result in an increase in the amount of bail that must be deposited before further release. A failure to appear will re result in an arrest warrant and forfeiture of bail. Release on bail is obtained by posting the cash bail amount with the court administrator or purchasing from a private bail bond company a bond costing usually about 10% of the bail amount, and then filing the bond with the court. For example, a $10,000 bond would be purchased from a bonding company for about $1,000, and that $1,000 is lost. It is not refunded if all court, court appearances are made. Another consideration in setting bail is the defendant's potential threat to the public if released. Minnesota requires that a defendant be released if sufficient conditions are placed on the defendant to safeguard the public and to ensure attendance at court appearances. 
Often controversy erupts when a defendant violates a condition of release and commits another crime. The question is asked, why didn't the court arrest the defendant when he violated his conditions of release? Courts are but one of our three branches of government, the others being the legislative and executive branches. Law enforcement agencies, including the county attorney, sheriff's branches, sheriff's department rather, and police departments, are responsible for enforcing the court's orders and arresting persons who violate the law. Under our constitutional system, the court has no means to arrest those who violate its orders. In addition, the prosecution may dismiss the charges without the court's approval. So please view media reports regarding arrests and bail with a critical eye, keeping our constitutional protections foremost in your analysis. Consider also how you would feel if you or your spouse or child were arrested for a serious crime and no bail was allowed and the court required jail detention for many months pending trial. In the United States, we are all presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt by a unanimous jury of our peers. But more on those constitutional protections in uh, other uh, comments in the future. I'm Steve Halsey, Judge of District Court in Wright County, chambered in Buffalo. If you have any questions or comments about uh, my comments or if you have particular topics you would like me to address in future broadcasts, you may email me at stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, dot halsey, H-A-L-S-E-Y, at courts.state.mn.us. Thank you for listening to Legal Happenings here on KRWC Radio. Thank you, Judge Halsey. If you have a question or comment, I certainly would encourage you to write me, John McCooley, at lawlibrarian at frontier.com, lawlibrarian at frontier.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to know if you're uh, learning something here or something you are looking for or something that we need to be uh, doing to maybe make life easier for you. The law is a complicated matter, an entire profession on its own, one of our three legs of government, our judicial system. And there's a lot to know about that. And sometimes just doing some of the very basics that are presented, such as through the Minnesota Judicial Branch website, all the court forms, if you're getting a divorce or if you're getting a uh, change of custody or a child support issued, uh, you need to go there because that's where you can learn the basics to understand the issue, see the forms, and then more intelligently be able to contact and communicate with your attorney. So we're not offering any... um, free law clinics that I know of at this time, that, but I hope it can come back soon. It was very helpful to a lot of people, but right now, for obvious reasons of health, we and the whole state are uh, not getting too involved with those gatherings of people, 10 or more. Also, I want to remind everybody that the rights and responsibilities for victims of domestic abuse is a self-help one-page form explaining what that's all about. Well, as you know, domestic abuse is up uh, throughout our area. And for those of you who would like to learn more about it, check it out. It's the Rights and Resources for Victims of Domestic Abuse. It's available at the Minnesota Attorney General's Office. Uh, You can find them online, download, or read uh, the one-page handout. It's a uh, 
very informative. It talks about what is domestic abuse, the legal rights of victims of domestic abuse, tenants' rights, unemployment benefits, and protections against financial abuse, all manners of things. And uh, again, it's the uh, rights and responsibilities or resources for victims of domestic abuse at the Attorney General's office. Also, Wright County has a good program through its Health and Human Services Department, Safe Families for Children. They help keep children safe because of family violence. They offer support and some caring help in stabilizing a difficult situation. They reunite families and work together to try to get all of the family back together again. Domestic abuse crisis centers are available. The Rivers of Hope, domestic abuse, is available 24-7. 763-295-3433 is the number for Rivers of Help. They can help you if you're having a problem. And remember, to prevent child abuse, call 1-800-CHILDREN. They'll give you some tips on how to sort of cope with some of the difficulties that their families are facing these days. So that's about all we can give you for today. There's a lot I'd like to share with you, but perhaps next week we'll have uh, be able to get more in. And in the meantime, I thank you for listening, and I do invite you to write us at lawlibrarian at frontier.com, and we'll be glad to say hi and offer any information that we can to help you enter into the court system or something of that nature. We thank the judges for their commentary today, and we do remind everybody that it, we're being told to wear our mask, keep our social distancing, wash our hands, and hopefully we're going to get through this together. Well, we know we're going to get through it. We've got through a lot worse than this. Thanks for listening, and until we meet again, this is John McGooley saying, God bless you all.